The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And we have an exciting episode for you guys today, but before we get into that, as always, I must ask, Dude Two, Dude Two Joe, how you doing? Fine. I mean... Do you have a fun story like I had last time? <laughs> I I don't have a fun story. I don't think I have that fun of a story. No. Well, you know what? Uh, I know it's yeah. June now for us, but it, it, we upload to July. But how's the the wildfire situation? Oh yeah, because um, you because yeah, because uh, Joey lives not close, but like a fair distance. I live in Jersey. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, the Canadian wildfires are going on and, you know, hope they're handling that okay up there. Mm. It's, it's, it, we, cause. Sorry. It's weird to see people like say like, oh, we hate Canada. And it's like, let's, let's blame Canada for being on fire. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah. So like, like for, for a good, like like day or so it was def you could definitely smell the smoke the sun was red and then new york looked like blade runner 2049 <laughs> uh, you know everybody saw it on social media i liked uh someone posted that um christopher nolan <laughs> was taking the opportunity to film <laughs> uh a movie called new york 2055 <laughs> there are a lot of memes like some somebody said uh this is breaking bad like cinematography <laughs> you know what it, it, it looks good to film i guess <laughs> there's a positive you want to bring of it but it, it was definitely like we're okay and all that but it, mm -hmm. it's it's also insane to think about that there are there are people who are saying to folks don't wear a mask when you go outside when the smoke's out there uh, incredibly irresponsible Fox News to tell your senior citizen audience to do that. <laughs> Extremely. Jesus uh, Christ. But I, I, I'm not really surprised, but just, no. you know, it's just, again, but uh, it, it's definitely strange. I mean, it's kind of, it's, you know, because, and actually a couple weeks ago, there was, an, there was a fire in Jersey, like, that was just unrelated unrelated i mean there was all climate probably part of climate stuff whatever but like yeah there was another a couple weeks ago and it was when i was walking into work and it was definitely even inside the building you could smell it it was not good but wow uh yeah so it, it, again it's a weather phenomenon it's a, pheno a natural weather phenomenon that we're not used to you know it's like mm -hmm. it's like suddenly oh yeah a hurricane in uh los angeles guys like imagine yeah 
<laughs> and I was talking to Allison about that too because she lives in California, so she's very familiar with fire season. Yeah, yeah. I have I have family in California. I have, I have my on my mom's side of the family. Uh, her sister and her husband. I think their house burned down because of a wildfire. Oh, like that. Like the neighborhood got taken out. This was years ago, but I mean, obviously, right. it continues. And then. And then not long, ago, not even that long ago, I remember when there was a lot of wildfire, like a really bad amount of wildfires in California. And then like the smoke came all the way to Ohio. So we went across the country yeah. and just driving around and just like how thick it was. You're like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, this is wild, but yeah, I, we didn't start blaming California. We were just like, we hope you're okay. Or at least I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak for other people, so, uh, but yeah. You know. Um, but I'm glad because I know you had to get like air filters and stuff. So I'm glad you guys are yeah. relatively okay. We didn't really need them too too much. Um, you know, it, it was thankfully it didn't like seep up into our bedrooms that much. Thankfully, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely wild because I'm like because I recorded in the man cave and we were watching uh, we were watching our first movie today. Mm-hmm. And then I step out of the man cave, and I could definitely smell it. Oh, no. <laughs> that is... That is uh, ugh. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, just... You know, I saw Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Fun time. Good time. Fun, yeah. Uh, the ending for it is kind of wild, if you're into stuff from the 80s. Okay. You know? And I imagine if, th- if this had happened, like five seven years ago people would be losing their minds but now it's just like do you, it's just like people feel numb to 80s vibed things well i i think it's more or less the state of like trans i mean because transformers i mean you had bumblebee which was you know it did okay yeah and you know but the tra- the transformers they used to be like billion dollar movies some of those things so i think if, if they had done that well they struck while the iron was hot i think it would have been we would have had an insane thing, and I'm not gonna say what it is because right. I don't even know if you know what it is. No, I just I the as far as that movie is concerned, I just know from you that you that you had a good time with it. Um, there's that I think David Chen made a video about it saying that the movie's fun, but the ending was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then some people from work were sent like came up to me and were like, "So Transformers, a lot of fun, very good." I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll watch it eventually." Yeah. You know. Um, it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't one of the movies this year that was immediately like on my radar, but I like Bumblebee quite a bit. And so I'm curious to see, and I, I, I mean, I, as far as Transformers, I grew up with the, the Beast Wars, like that version. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember once, I think in second grade, I don't remember. Um, but we were doing like show and tell. Yeah. And I brought in my Optimus Primal, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I just took with me everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I believe that because that thing is that thing was cool. I miss it. I almost bought another one just for this, just just because it looked like my old toy, but smaller. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, I'm yeah, bigger yeah. now. So, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's a fun movie. Um, I have I got my Oppenheimer tickets, so I'm gonna see that. Fihi and I nice. are going to see that in New York, IMAX seventy millimeter, the, the true IMAX. Yeah, yeah. So, 
yeah, that's I'm definitely lo- very much looking forward to that. Uh, I'm trying to think, round out what else I'm going to see. I'm going to see Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's next movie. I'm very, very stoked for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are these I haven't, I, are these tickets yeah. you bought already? Like you have those ready to go? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then of course uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Dial of Destiny, Dial of Destiny. Allison's going to be in Jersey. Um, around that time, nice. I think nice. I could say that at this point, you know, yeah. this episode's going to be so far in advance. Uh, well, she is she but, is she back in California by the time this is out? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. Um, yeah, because we're going to do a, see a bunch of shows. Uh, by this point, seen Sweeney Todd, Life of Pi, Hades Town, and Camelot. Hopefully, um, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, with the breathe. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, and my cousin's graduating high school, so... Damn. Wow. <laughs> Time I, moves fast dude, on it. No, dude, <laughs> dude, I saw, because today actually is also the anniversary when I saw Jurassic World in theaters. It was like a, you know, it was also the 30th anniversary of the first Jurassic Park, yeah. by the way. Uh, so happy belated birthday by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. But, um... I was just seeing that picture, and I'm like, oh my god, they're so young in this... It's like a picture. We took a photo of the poster. <laughs> We're so, they're so young in this picture. <laughs> I, I just... I, I was like, I could not believe it. It was... Oof. I have, really I, one of those... I haven't seen my little cousin in a long time, and so... Because last time I saw him, he was like really, really little. He was like maybe 11 or 12 or something. He's like 18 now. <laughs> That's yeah. That's mm, it's so weird. It it is so weird. Uh, excuse me, but I've been watching. Uh, I watch. I, I think I might have said this. I watched the first season of Barry. Yes. Stuff. Yes. Uh, stuff for Richard's recommendation. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried my best. I also watched season one of Succession. <laughs> A lot of who's. On HBO, yes. well, not anymore because they're both shows are done. But there was who's on HBO. Did I? You know what? And not to not to cut you off or anything, but I do want to bring this up. Uh, against my better judgment, I did watch the first episode of that Idol show. <laughs> you did? I did. Just oh. out of sheer curiosity, it's 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 not good. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah there's there's a whole scene in in the in the first episode where um uh what's her name lily rose depp johnny depp's kid um she's doing a photo shoot she plays like a pop star or whatever and um uh she's wearing a like a small red like late like uh silk robe or something and she starts exposing herself, her chest, and and uh, the intimacy intimacy coordinator comes in and is like, "Well, we haven't like cleared this, you know, we can't be exposing her." And then everyone starts giving the guy shit, <laughs> and to the point where like Hank Azaria's character locks him in the bathroom so that she could just take whatever picture she wants to take. And I'm like, "This is oddly timed." <laughs> I think Sean Bean wrote this episode. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, it yeah. I just wanted to bring that is is don't watch it. <laughs> it's really strange and not like I, good strange. Yeah, I have. I'm definitely. I have no plans. The only other the HBO show that I'm really looking forward to coming back is uh, the rehearsal 
season two. <laughs> that's good, strange. <laughs> that's a good, strange. Uh, what that like? I remember we when, when I had you watch it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like what? Then we watched the whole thing together. Yes, <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> In my, rehearsal, in my rehearsal, <laughs> I had planned to protect this this uh, this singer from people like <laughs> showing herself, <laughs> but then Hank Azaria told me no. <laughs> I did not plan for Hank Azaria to tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but <laughs> but succession's also, also, good time. Succession is real. It is so good. It is unbelievable. There were four episodes where I was yelling at the in a row where I was yelling at the TV. I was like, <laughs> I I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's it's like the ultimate. Like everybody sucks, but it's so entertaining. Um, I think that's why people watch like reality TV. <laughs> but at least this one's like scripted, and I don't know. Yeah, it's it's also like Adam McKay obviously is is a you know he's involved. He directed the first I think first two or first episode of the show, uh, the executive producer on it, and Mark Mylod, uh, who also did the menu. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's... So it it definitely has that has sort of it's it, it's in a similar space, but I think I like this better than a lot of though I do like the menu and I like the big shorts. Uh, mm-hmm. Like to put the, I didn't totally hate. Um, don't look up. I didn't care for Vice. <laughs> I haven't seen... Well, I think I tried to watch it once, but I never finished it. Um, but I like the big short. Um, don't look up. It has its moments. Agreed. I like yep. when Timothy Chalamet shows up. <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> he's, he's very yeah. funny. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I, I think Adam McKay's got an interesting track record. He reminds me a lot of like Jay Roach because I think Jay Roach was kind of like one of those guys. I, he might have been an SNL guy, I don't know, but he did a lot of like comedies and he did all like the Austin Powers movies. But then he sort of changed gears and now he does like a lot of political type movies. Like mm. I think he did that Sarah Palin movie that came out oh. on HBO with Julianne Moore. I think. Okay. So right. just just as an example, but it kind of reminds me of him a lot. Who and Jay Roach, oddly enough, shows up on Barry <laughs> in a cameo role. So they uh, one of many directors. Yeah, yeah. It was also funny too because I, I I'd watched an episode and then I saw a picture of Griffin Dunn and I realized, holy shit, Griffin Dunn showed up on <laughs> Succession. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm as you know again. You know, when you're when you're okay, it's it's it's. It, I try to relish that a bit more lately. You know, so I'm, I'm yeah. fairly okay right now. Um, I don't I don't have an exciting story like I did last time, <laughs> especially how excited Joey was after the fact. Like either he so tells happy. me he's sad or he bought a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, in Spider Verse, where it's just like, and this is the part where he's gonna say he watched a sat- uh, he watched a movie, and he's not that great. I what I had this movie; it was good. <laughs> I'm not feeling that great. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm trying to think what what life updates can I give? Oh, 
here's a fun one I can tell. So, <laughs> speaking of movies, um, <laughs> recently there was some news that had come out that um, Disney had decided to edit uh, a moment or a scene in the movie The French Connection. And to the point where like every version of The French Connection on streaming or any platforms or anywhere was the Disney edited version. At least in the U.S., because on Disney, according to some people on Disney Plus internationally, they have the uncut version. So, I just want to put that out there. So if you have a VPN, then you should be good. But, yeah. And if you don't, sorry. Um, but this obviously freaked a lot of people out. Um, thankfully, though, for Joey, he already had a Blu-ray copy of the original film without the, the edit on it. Um, but... He freaked out and was sad because he, because uh, for one, he was hoping to talk about the film on the show, and we have we haven't made a plan for that yet. It we'll, we'll probably talk about it in the future. So throwing that out there, um, but uh, he panicked and he was like, "I gotta buy Richard a Blu-ray copy of this movie." <laughs> And he randomly messages me and says, I ordered you a copy of The French Connection. And I'm like, okay. Because, <laughs> like, I'd heard about the news because he'd sent me a, th a tweet um, among all the tweets he, he sends me. And um, I was like, that, that does suck. I wasn't, like, up in arms about it necessarily, but I also think I just didn't know too much about it, but... I've also just never watched The French Connection um, to, to have that sort of, like, immediate freak-out moment to be like, oh! But, you know, obviously I understand, you know, especially it's strange to just take out something from the movie, you know, just because of X, Y, and Z, but Disney's doing it. So, Dis so not Disney, Joey, uh, Panic bought me the Blu-ray. I have it in my hands. Uh, it's right here. But Joey knows whenever he buys me anything, it means war. <laughs> so he might he might be like, oh, it was $10. Uh, you know, I, I figured it better. I wanted you to have it because, you know, he, he, he actually put some thought and wanted to do something nice and also, you know, wanted to secure the possibility of it being on the show by having the actual, like, legitimate version of the film. Me, I'm yeah. like... Oh, this is on. <laughs> I'm gonna spend more money and buy you buy you more things <laughs> and make you upset that I spent a lot more money on you. <laughs> but again, it's so much better to have a, a war of gift giving than like an actual one. <laughs> this, this is true. I, uh, and the titles uh, he Richard picked up for me in question are Pee Wee's uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, mm -hmm. which you talked about uh, for our three-year anniversary. But also, I imagine, is this going to be a lead-in into what we're talking about today? No. I was just telling the story. I wasn't planning on oh, it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but it was right, I'll save what I'll save the other one for, you know. <laughs> even though, if you read the title, you know what it is. You know what it is. Um, but no, it is, I, I bought him Pee-wee because he bought me Schlock, and I was like, well, I have Schlock. He has to have Pee-wee because it just, we have to. We just have to. Um, and then I got him our first movie because 
I figured, well, if he's getting me something that he wants to be podcast related, I'm going to get him something that is going to be podcast related sooner. Right. Yeah. So that was my goal. Um, but no, it is, it is sort of funny whenever like moments like this happen. Cause I don't think we ever tell each other <laughs> that we buy stuff for each other. It just kind of happens. Um, yeah. Like, I think what was the last, what, what last time that we did that? Was it? Sh- it wasn't Schlock. Phantom. Phantom. Maybe. Yeah. Did I buy you something as well for Phantom? I don't remember. Well, if in case I didn't, that makes up. <laughs> I did buy you two movies. Yeah. So that makes up for it. Right. Um, though I was tempted to find like something incredibly expensive. <laughs> Just... Oh. You know what you did get me though? What you got me the two thousand four phantom i did i did (laughs) that was that was a spiteful thing (laughs) but it it led to one of my favorite things ever which is like i got also i got east of eden on blu-ray and it's like this shot of james dean looking like upset so i just put (laughs) gerard butler's phantom behind (laughs) james dean (laughs) so it all worked out (laughs) it all mattered in the end Speaking, of, I think one of my next ones is going to be East of Eden. <laughs> get, try to get. So what you're telling me is, when that 4K comes out, expect something in the mail. <laughs> Potentially. Well, the moment it shows up, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So at least I can plan for it now. I, though I do, I do have to buy you something because I want to buy you something for your birthday because that's her first day of the trip um, mm. for Disney. So I want to, I want to actually get you something like genuinely nice for your birthday. <laughs> so there is no mm. plan for that to happen when we when we see each other at the airport. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> look at this. But it's gonna be Whoa. like, but just to make it, just to make it a nuisance, it's gonna be extremely huge and heavy, and you have to carry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be terrible. It'd be nice, would be bad. but then you'd just be like, "Why?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? Speaking of buying movies and uh, sadness, I'll tell you another story. Uh, <laughs> This will be a brief one. So, I finally watched the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. That was a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And I had pre-ordered the 4K for it a while ago. Because, univer- like, a lot of, you know, studios now just put the disc out for pre-order. Like, the moment the movie comes out. So, you can just pre-order them immediately. Um it's becoming more frequent, but I don't think it's entirely a new phenomenon because I've been able to do that even before the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, though it's like in specific places, but uh, I pre-ordered it, and the initial release date was June 6th, and it had been June 6th for a while. But um, I like a month or so before its official release on disc, they took Super Mario off of that. Uh, release date and so it was kind of strange and all the major retail uh major retail websites that had the had a copy of the movie on their website never changed the release date to a specific release date it just said pre-order we have no official release date for it Mm. so it was just really weird and um i was like you know i I have it pre-ordered so whenever it comes out it'll show up and i won't have to worry about it 
So then I think the day before, on June 5th, on Monday, I went to Target just because I was bored that day. And I'm looking around, and they still sell physical media at my uh, at my Target, thankfully. And they had spaces set up for the Super Mario Brothers movie to come out. And so I was like, mm-hmm. so is it coming out? Like, what's what's going on with this? <laughs> and so I get home, and I start looking up articles about what the release date was. And there's a few different places that were saying, oh, it's been delayed to July, or um, the release date's been taken off, so no one really knows when it's coming out. So it was just kind of a whole weird situation and so i was like you know what i'm gonna wait till tomorrow and i'll see if anything comes up and if they do maybe maybe i'll just get a copy then or something and cancel Mm -hmm. my pre-order so i go to bed and i wake up at about four in the morning because i just worked out and i was really tired so i just conked out and i woke up a couple hours later and i had seen that I got a notification from my Best Buy app saying that my pre-order for Super Mario's was delayed. So I was like, okay. So I, it, it was, it was again, it was kind of confusing. And so I go to the actual listing and it says, oh, you can buy it now. So it's available now. And I was just like, it was just a, like a whole whirlwind of confusion. Just like, is this movie coming out today or not? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cancel my pre-order. I canceled my pre-order, and then I bought the copy of the movie to pick it up and go to the store. This is a for for I, the whole time because I hadn't seen this movie yet, and I'm like, this movie better be like at least entertaining for me to put all this effort into it <laughs> before I actually watch it. Um, and so I I buy it online and I go to the store to pick it up, and thankfully I did this before I had to go to before I had to go to work on Tuesday, and so. I get there and the guy finds my copy after he scans my order and he's standing there and he's like, huh? I'm like, I'm like, is everything okay? He's like, well, it says here it's not out yet. Like it's not supposed to come out. Like we don't like, there's no uh, release date for it. I'm like, okay. And so then literally five different like Best Buy workers come around the corner to try to figure out what's going on and credit to, to all of them. They are all, great i mean to be in a weird situation like that they did the best they could and tried to figure out the whole thing so i appreciate the best buy workers but um uh when uh they finally got to a point where they could sell the movie to me they're like well we can't give him the copy that he ordered online but if he wants to buy another copy if we have one on a shelf apparently we can do that which is weird so i'm like okay that's fine so i just bought a copy that was on the shelf and I walked out of the store and I canceled my, my pickup order a couple days later. And is this a, and thankfully the movie was good. Like I had a good time yep. with it, but it's just, I've, I don't think I've had that much of a complication in buying a movie, I think. So I don't know, like maybe universal had some weird glitch or something, but I mean, everyone got a copy to sell on the shelves and, you know, there was review copies being put. I think HD Movie Source on Twitter did a review of of the 4K um, a couple of days before the release. So I'm like, everything went went normal except no one knew when the thing was officially coming out because no one ever seemed to make an official announcement of it or something. I don't know. Mm. But I, I I tell the story because I wonder if anyone else had that same similar complication, like especially online orders. Because I imagine you could just walk in the store and buy it and have no problem. But if you tried to order it online, maybe it was more difficult. But 
I don't know, but that was that was just really strange how that happened. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I I got the movie so and I had a good time with it. So you know, peaches, 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 peaches. I love you. Anyway. <laughs> Ow! Ow! I will say it was funny when that scene came up and I was expecting the full song. <laughs> it was just right. the condensed version. I was like, what the hell? But then they played the rest <laughs> of it later and I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so enough of that. I'm excited to talk about these movies. Um, so as I said before, I bought a movie for Joey. Um, Joey, what was the movie that I bought you? On Blu-ray. You bought me. You bought me. <laughs> you bought me. I bought you a couple of things. <laughs> a mask. The mask. You mean the movie Mask about the kid? With the... the? That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Is it the R.L. Stein? Uh, no, that, that's, t- that's the Haunted Mask. Haunted. No, there, there's a there's a movie I think it's from the 80s called Mask. It's about this this guy who's like it's kind of like an Elephant Man movie. It's like really sad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's a very different. <laughs> no, no, the the mask. <laughs> the mask. Remember, these are important when thus when these are there. I guess. It's it's important to make the distinction, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because there's there's Disney's Frozen and then there's Frozen. Yeah. There's um, you know, oh we rented Frozen for our kids. What is Elsa showing up? I don't know, but these these people on a ski lift look like nothing good's gonna happen to them. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. Wondering Oakens uh, uh ski resort. <laughs> Enjoy your ride. Yoo-hoo. oh man but yes the mask is our first movie this this continues our uh definitive like if there was a richard purnell tastes film festival (laughs) this would be one of the premier titles there would be a whole like day dedicated to this one This would be like a a three or four day event. <laughs> we have a couple of other little things here and there, but this would be like the main attraction of like day two, <laughs> yes, of that festival. But this this is kind of this whole episode's vibe a little bit because it's like we're at, we have two movies featuring guys <laughs> having to deal with a crazier version of themselves or like a crazier thing, um, but they deal with it differently. In in in, mm-hmm. in our two movies, and the second movie um, is very much in in Joe Denny Dan's wheelhouse, but we'll get to that. Um, yep. But yes, The Mask. This was this was a a very big childhood movie for me. Growing up, I I think the first time I watched it, it was on VHS. Uh, well, obviously it was obviously it was on VHS. There wasn't really any other formats at the time, um, or at least nothing that we had. It, it's an accessible. For, it yeah. was an accessible format for a lot of house kids. In case you're listening to this, v, VHS videotapes. <laughs> be Ask ki- your parents. Be kind. Rewind. Yeah. <laughs> but 
No, this 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 was definitely uh, a defining movie. But it was like it was a defining movie for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, even Jim Carrey, because like it was like this and two other movies that turned him into like a movie star. And then you know the Jim Carrey. It was like it was like in the nineties. It was like Jim Carrey and Will Smith were like the big things. I feel like there's probably there's definitely like a few other actors, but like like when you look at like say, I guess the rock like Dwayne Johnson today. And then like, I, I, I don't know. I'm blanking on another example, but shoot. It's, I mean, it's hard because movie star because, because you can't today, not many movies can open with just a movie star. No, you usually have to be like, you got to package it with something. It's got to be some kind of IP. Yeah. IPs with the movie stars. No, Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, like Chris Hemsworth is is I, I enjoy him as an actor. He's not a movie star. Thor Odinson is a movie star. Yeah, yeah. Thor Odinson is is in fact a movie star. Um, like even like even just bringing up The Rock as an example of today, it's like even that like is sort of dwindling a little bit because it has. Yeah, he went back to Fast and Furious. <laughs> he went back to the family. <laughs> went to the family, the franchise with the gay Joker played by Jason Momoa. <laughs> I saw that clip you sent me. <laughs> I'm like, I have never been a fan of any of these movies, and that that's I, I would buy the movie just to see <laughs> Momoa's performance. <laughs> <laughs> and. I binged all of them in a span of like a week. <laughs> so I hope you watch that video I made. You should. It's a great video, guys. <laughs> I put a lot of work into it. <laughs> but the mask, um, it's a bit, I mean, I, re I certainly remember, I mean, I saw this movie as a kid, mm. but it was not something like, it was not something that I was like nostalgic for, but I always remember like the cover of like you know the the DVD or the the you know the VHS where he's you know the hat yeah yeah um I thought you had more to say I'm sorry <laughs> sorry I, I was I realized I didn't so I just stopped <laughs> it's like if you're in a car and you're, and you're like I realized I didn't have to turn so I just stopped right here <laughs> I was like wait we can keep going we're in the middle of the street oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what can't stop this conversation? <laughs> it's Cooper. Um, uh, um, but it's definitely one of those like I very much associated Jim Carrey with it. Anyway, right? It was like this Ace, Ace Ventura, Ventura, yeah, liar, 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 liar. Oh, of course, as the Riddler, yeah. I mean, that because as a kid, I had a Batman, I had that big like glorious Batman Forever poster with that, all the characters on it yeah oh i i remember um when i was in like sixth grade and i really want because like i didn't I, we still had like vhs play uh vhs player at my house and my copy of batman forever got stuck in an old vhs player and i got really sad i don't know if i told this story but we talked about batman forever but i got really sad and a friend of mine let me have his copy i was like really he's like yeah so he gave it to me and I had it in like in my backpack the whole day, and I was so excited to bring it home and watch it because I hadn't seen it in a long in a while because my tape got stuck. So it was nice. Um, but uh, 
yeah, that was. I th- I I feel like Batman Forever was probably like the. I, it had to have been like the 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 igniting moment for me because I was a big Jim Carrey fan. I feel like that had to be a reason for it. But also, I just remember watching The Mask all the time. Just any like any time, and I've said this before. Anytime Jim Carrey is green, I think that's a win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like even yeah. at the end of Sonic Two, he turns green, and I'm like. This movie knows. <laughs> this movie knows how Jim Carrey's supposed to work. It knows the formula. <laughs> but I also remember, like when I was a kid, the movie scaring me a lot because I could see that. Yeah, because there's um like one of the whole there's a whole scene like the first time his character puts the mask on, and it's genuinely terrifying the way it's shot, the way it's put together. I mean, the director Charles Russell. Uh, kind of has a horror background he did the third nightmare on elm street which is Mm. it's commonly considered by the fans it's like the best of the sequels outside of anything wes craven's dealt with um Mm. though he though saying that too wes craven i think helped write the story for that one but um uh so i'm watching the scene and you get like if my mom was up here i'd ask her too like anytime he got into like the tornado i had to leave the room <laughs> so like like it'd be playing in the family room i'd go in the kitchen and i'd wait until i heard smoking <laughs> yeah. and i'd go back in and i'd be like okay we're good and so anytime i like i there's so many movies that i watch and whenever a scene comes up that i know scared me as a kid i tend to like i feel it a little bit still not that it scares me anymore like same thing with like there's a scene in sleepy hollow that scared me and anytime i watch that movie i immediately think of that moment but like it was it was really only that first time he transforms but like i think i just tried to be consistent with my with my fear because of ocd so like anytime he turned into a tornado (laughs) i'm like i gotta leave the room now because i don't want to see this he's a tornado and it's scary (laughs) so and also just the way it's kind of set up it's just like though oddly enough um while the tornado stuff scared me when when dorian the villain puts on the mask that wasn't scary to me (laughs) and he had a i feel like it was meant to be scarier yeah so but i just always that was one major memory i have with the movie but no i i i watched this movie so many times as a kid i i watched it later on as adult and still loved it it's just it's just one of those movies that um i have an immediate great time with and it's also one of those movies that i appreciate more especially in a in the current climate of superhero movies or like comic book adaptations where it just feels like they don't put the style in it anymore yeah you know and i'm, I'm not saying that you need to have style all the time but that's one of the major proponents of comic books like is the artist the artist is the style and the and the and the, the and how you're telling the story visually and so you know an artist isn't going to make the page look boring right you know like the colorist isn't going to just add muted boring colors <laughs> quantum <Manium. laughs> i didn't say it but i definitely thought it you can come after me, guys. It's okay. <laughs> no, come after me. I could take care of him. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting too. I'm getting too early. Um, You're getting too deep in character. <laughs> I am out of the Joey closet. 
Again, I'm getting too early for that you reference. Said it. I did not. Know. <laughs> um. But I want to talk about because I want to talk about like the the story and stuff. But because um, I have this massive connection to it, but obviously you have only seen it the one time. But like I want to talk about how you kind of felt about it now, like revisiting it at this point. You definitely have a, a, a like appreciation for it. And it feels like a movie that only could have happened in the 90s. Oh, without a doubt. Just could, because of the, the mix of, like, obviously Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. at, probably at the height of his powers in a lot of in a lot of respects as far as... It just feels like quintessential Jim Carrey. Because, mm-hmm. like, know? before and, that, he was known as the, the rubber man because he was, like, known for his impressions and, like, he can, like, move yes. his face. There's, like, clips online if you look it up. He does, like, a series of impressions where he does Clint Eastwood, James Dean... Uh, Jack Nicholson, but like the Joker version of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like it just kind of made sense. And this was also, I think, after obviously it was after um, he was gaining notoriety from In Living Color when he did like a lot of those uh, characters, like uh, a Fire Marshal Bill. I think about a lot is one of his more prominent characters. But yeah, this was this was a this is a movie that, t- that feels tailored to him in many respects. Um. I mean, and Jim Carrey, I think, is is excellent in both in both um, both roles, um, you know. And, and, but again, but like, there's like the 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 um, swing music, the nostalgia for that, nostalgia for Looney Tunes and text the stuff of Tex Avery mm-hmm. in here. I mean, to the point where because a lot of like, I'm going real deep. The version <laughs> of Daffy, deep. go deep. The, the version of Daffy most people know today is like the Chuck Jones. Ver- version yeah of daffy where he is not crazy he is just like he's more cranky. angry which is cranky, cranky angry duck. you know which uh is great but this is cl- very much uh more of like daff literally daffy daff like old school <laughs> <laughs> when he's not when he's not playing a foil uh, to um uh bugs bunny yeah, yeah, when he's not in the hunting trilogy, he's not losing his mind. I'm a fiddler crab. It's fiddler crab season. <laughs> um, but I also just love the visual. Ga- I mean, I wish the movie leaned more into some of that stuff. Like, there's like the scene where like the audience is like, you see the outline of the audience clapping, and there are a lot of like Tex Avery things like that, like like things like the sprockets, the film sprockets like showing up, or like a hair just just happens to be the and it would bother it would bother projection it's like oh my god <laughs> you know it was just a really frustrating um frustrating thing uh but i had a really good time watching this it's uh it doesn't overstay it's welcome milo the dog uh what a great dog best boy uh what a good boy um <laughs> and cameron looking at cameron diaz i'm like yeah everything i know about richard's taste makes so much sense <laughs> Yeah, I can't deny it. And she she's great. She's great in the movie. And I'm like, whoa, because I hadn't <laughs> seen the movie in a while. And then I'm like, wow. Like she like she also got like huge because this was her first movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, granted, she is like the you know eye candy damsel in distress. Kid. It's very dated. Um, and there's even like a a a, a Pepe Le Pew scene. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna defend it, but in context it makes sense, but it's still weird. Yeah. Um but you know, obviously she did really well. It made me want to watch it made me want to revisit Charlie's Angels, admittedly, because mm-hmm. that's kind of a fun movie, honestly. Um But no, uh Cameron Diaz is 
is a lot of fun in the movie and she's like my she was by far like my first crush on anything yeah, <laughs> like any I <laughs> like i just like you see her walk in like her, her literally her introduction scene uh <laughs> is she's walking in from the rain she's wearing a red dress and you just hear wah, 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 wah. and she does like the hair thing she's like making like a sexy face <laughs> and literally Jim Carrey and his is his his friend in the movie are like what <laughs> like it's it's very 90s uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh my gosh uh it's definitely a male gaze situation <laughs> <laughs> um but no the the movie is is it very like I do like the that it leans so heavy on the cartoon stuff. What it, you know what it made me think of when we watch Bruce Almighty and just how yeah. off-putting that felt with that one especially because like and this, I feel like this is sort of the case with a lot of other Jim Carrey movies cuz like it seems that there's just a sort of particular genre of movie that he did a lot at one point where he's like he plays like an everyman quote-unquote and then like something brings out the sort of zaniness of the Jim Carrey that we know yeah um so like like in Liar Liar he plays uh, a lawyer who's kind of a piece of shit and not the best dad but he does love his son but he's still kind of like a piece of shit and um his son like makes tell, tells him to make a wish that he can't lie for a day or something and so then he can't lie anymore and so he starts telling the truth to everybody and that brings out the zaniness in, in jim carrey that movie is also very dated um but uh uh in bruce almighty you know it's it comes off really off-putting because again he plays that kind of every man sort of character who gets the powers of god and just comes off even worse <laughs> like but it's like but the but the thing with those two movies is that it's all the same guy character wise you know what i mean like yeah um it's it's he like yeah he's getting some sort of magical thing happening to him but it's still very much him i feel like dictating everything whereas in this movie what what i like about it what makes it stand out is that yeah he puts on the mask and a lot of his innerness comes out, but at the same time, it's it's a completely different thing. It's like a different character altogether. Like you have Stanley Ipkiss, who's the sort of hopeless romantic loner guy who's who's maybe too nice for his own good. Um, yeah. You know, he works at a bank. He's got a buddy who is trying to help him out, be a good wingman, but it's not ever working out. Um, like the whole opening scene, like he gets two concert tickets for he and a girl he's, you know, kind of fond of. And instead of saying, Hey, you know, what are we going? She's like, could I give this ticket to somebody else? (laughs) And you're like, what the hell? (laughs) Especially the price of concert tickets. Are you really going to do that? Jesus Christ. Um, but no, but Stanley just said, that's fine. (laughs) Because, <laughs> again, too nice for his own good. He's a doormat. He's a doormat. <laughs> um, but then he finds this mask, and it brings out a lot of his his inner desires and, and inner self, and his especially his inner cartoon fan. Yeah. Um, 
but I like that it's it's almost an entirely separate character, so that it doesn't really make Stanley Ipkiss bad. It just it, it like the only time it was ever really his choice was when he he kind of liked the experience of it that first time. It's like a drug. Yeah, but then it was also like I love the scene in the movie where uh, he wakes up in the morning and then like thinks it was all a dream. And then realizes that it actually happened when uh, Detective Calloway comes to visit him and tells him his pajamas are impossible. <laughs> um, and uh, he throws the mask out the window, but then the mask comes right back. So again, it literally is like drugs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> In a way. It's like this guy's found a possible answer for fixing his, for making his life a little bit better, but sometimes it could go too far, and that's where we get the Pepe yeah. Le Pew scene. Um, you know, there's like a gang and stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just like it's kind of like it's, it's very like basic, you know. Oh, if you don't do this, you'll get out of town. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna use your skull. <laughs> I just like that you ended it with skull. We're like, for what? <laughs> We're still in the middle of the road, Joey. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just funny. Um, no, you're, you're fine. But no, he does say like, I'm going to use your empty little skull to break in my new nine iron. <sighs> Something like that. Yep. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so like yeah, there's 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 a uh, the main villain Dorian, who's played by as Joey likes to call him, uh, uh, Killian Murphy. If he was from New York City, <laughs> the funniest thing is, dude. A couple days after, there was a baseball player. I don't know if you see saw this on Twitter. Oh yeah, a baseball. Player you sent this to me. Who yeah, who looked, who looks exactly <laughs> like Killian Murphy. <laughs> And it wasn't the actor. It should have been though. That would have been funny. Like after after acting, he decided to take up baseball. No, or, or he plays that guy in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy's uh, in that guy's biopic. Um, I also want to just give a special shout out uh, to um, what's this, uh, Reg E. Kathy. May he rest in peace. Yeah, terrific, terrific da- actor. He shows up uh, here as Freeze as as a henchman. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I think he, he, I always loved him. Great actor. He, that was like, it was funny. Cause like he was one of those actors that like, I just immediately know him from this because he plays like the, like the partner to Dorian in many respects. Um, and they're trying to set up a, a bank robbery and, you know, unfortunately the, his character dies in the film. So we don't get enough of him. Sadly, no. we should get, we should yeah. have gotten more, but you know, um, Agreed. but, Anytime he shows up in anything else, I'm like, hey, it's the guy from The Mask. And so it's always nice to see him in movies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Dorian uh, is basically like he's a lower level henchman to like this main crime guy who's um, like the classic sort of 90s representation of, of, a, of a crime boss where he's got like the curly ponytail. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is like. Ew. <laughs> you just see it like, again. This movie only could have happened in the nineties. It could have only happened in the nineties. Um, but the guy's like, you know, no, 
you're not gonna have any power in my town so leave um and then also uh cameron diaz's character tina by the way is her name um she actually is working for dorian and so she actually when she meets jim carrey's character at at his bank he works at uh she has a camera in her purse very gale weathers of her <laughs> mm. though she's using it for nefarious reasons gail was basically sherlock holmes let's be honest uh <laughs> maybe better than sherlock holmes <laughs> courtney cox like listen they should just recast robert downey jr just throwing courtney cox in the next uh sherlock holmes movie listen i'm all for it dexter fletcher if you're listening if you're still the director of sherlock 3 listen downey could be a producer still he could still have some stake in it but listen he's busy with oppenheimer He's got to do Oppenheimer stuff. I know he's filmed the movie already, he is, but he's got to, he's he got Oppenheimer stuff. To find, he's trying to find a convoluted way to get Dewey Little Two to happen. <laughs> so, just get Courtney Cox. She's ready. She's got the experience. She might be better. <laughs> just say, just combobulate. <laughs> Pool. Um, yes. Which the the actor that he discombobulates shows up in her second movie. Oddly <laughs> enough. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, too, obviously, we're talking about this movie visually. Obviously, this is a 90s movie, mm-hmm. and it uses CG, and I think it mostly works. Because, yeah. And we talked about this, because it's not striving for realism. It is striving for very stylistic, cartoony... Like, it still has that inherent smoothness mm-hmm. that a lot of, like, 90s and even early 2000s, like, CGI had. Yeah. But, like, it it, wor- it really works for this movie the way they, you know, the way it's utilized... It's it's kind of wild just to see like there, there's there's like the scene when he emulates the wolf, you know, like the mm-hmm. classic wolf. Um, yeah, that still looks really good. Like, you know, he like his jaw falls down, his eyes pop out, and like there was just the, there was just that point where you know obviously the, this was in the '90s and like CG was becoming a real like useful tool, and I think ILM did this one. Um, you could, you know, confirm or deny that for me, but, uh, um, I know, like, uh, like, they just knew how to light it properly, they knew the best situations. ILM and DreamQuest images. There you go. Um, but, like, just the way it's lit, the way, the way it's animated, like, it all, the only, I think the only time the animation really, like, felt odd to me was there's a bit before um the cuban pete scene <laughs> where he like his skull pops out or like like it does like a scared thing you know what i'm talking about yeah um and uh that i thought was a bit and eh, uh but at the same time like it wasn't bad by any means right but it was just it's i feel like jurassic park this and casper or like the the '90s movies to look at if you want to look at like solid CGI, um, and also well implemented. Well like implemented, it's not, yes. It's not you know I mean especially in the case of Jurassic Park, not everything is a computer effect. No, yeah. They know they know when to like certain things you can just get away with you know having a puppet or having a large animatronic or you know whatever. Um, it's also interesting to know too. Carrie got a Golden Globe nomination mm-hmm. for this, which is kind of um, like kind of wild to think. Like about. of all, again, they know it's the green <laughs> Golden Globes. Were like, listen, 
Hollywood Foreign Press has a lot of issues, but at least they knew green was the way to go. <laughs> yes, so if he, green is good. If he didn't get nominated for The Grinch or The Riddler, I'm pissed. <laughs> he should have been nominated for The Grinch, man. He was so good. He's he's so good as The Grinch. Um, oh, man. Um, do you want to, Roger Ebert gave this movie two thumbs up, and... He uh, thought Carrie found, quote, a perfect vehicle in the mask and called Diaz a true discovery. That's which is also yeah. interesting, too, because, uh, well, Siskel and Ebert, um, especially Ebert, but like Ebert was kind of, he was not a fan of Ace Ventura. Yeah. I was reading yeah. about this, but, uh, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think of this as it feels like the Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite one of that era, I think, besides Batman Forever. I think Batman Forever is just yep. like bias thing, admittedly, but this this one it's just so much fun on one hand. Yeah, like like, mm-hmm. and also I, again, I love the because we talked about this after we watched it. Like, if the movie had just been him as the mask, it would have been insufferable after a while. Yes, because like, you know, there's in truth, there's like three or four major scenes with him as the mask character. There's the the first scene. There's the Coco Bongo scene. There's the Pepe Le Pew bit, um, which leads into Cuban Pete, and then there's the finale. And then even before that, there's that whole moment where we're not we're not getting any mask from him because Dorian Tyrell, the, the villain, takes the mask and becomes like an evil version of himself. And then at one point, Milo gets to wear the mask, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, that scene, oh my god, when... Um, the mask flies out of Dorian's hands and it's slowly rotating through the air and you just see all these dudes and I'm like, Joey, Joey, watch, it's gonna happen! And then you just see Milo slow-mo jump and grab it and you're like, that is the best fucking movie dog ever. (laughs) What a wonderful payoff. Like, that was so good. Like, he jumped up, he jumped up and caught that frisbee because the whole because the whole joke with Milo is that he just wants to play frisbee and he wants to jump up, and the whole time Stanley Ipkiss, uh, if I haven't said that by now, um, is like, you know, don't jump up, you know, we can't play frisbee now. Like that whole bit when he finds all the money that he stole, mm-hmm. <laughs> that the mask stole, and he's like, fuck. <laughs> And at one point, we thought he stuffed the dog in the closet. Yeah, it was not... Fr- I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but then the dog was just outside and trying to get into the closet because he wanted the frisbee. But, um... Uh, no, the whole time, and then finally, we have Milo's shining moment when he helps him break out of prison. And he gets the cheese instead of the keys. Until he finally gets the keys. And then uh, he saves the day at the end of the movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like if Milo didn't catch that mask, oh man, that's, that was that was that's a that's a cheering moment worth anything. Little the little applause people should have showed up for that one. And then Ben Stein shows up in this movie. Yeah, there's always a fault, man. <laughs> he's also in Casper. After I mentioned that one, <laughs> <laughs> thank God he's not in Jurassic Park. <laughs> If he was, he would have been the lawyer and gotten eaten, and that would have been okay. <laughs> Can you imagine if Steven Spielberg cast Ben Stein and did not cast him as the lawyer? Like, like he cast him as like like Hammond or something, which is still like, you know. Oh, but be, oh at the same time, it's like, ugh. 
My dear Dr. Sattler, welcome <laughs> to Jurassic Park. T-Rex. T-Rex. You know, maybe the brontosaurus will help you. Maybe you won't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie, um, it was very successful. Very like, successful. $351 million worldwide on a budget of 18 to $23 million, which... Uh, is insane to think about, and movie studios, I think, wish they could do that today. Mm-hmm. They wish they could they could have that kind of multiplier against the budget. And it should also be noted there's a sequel. But the funniest thing about the sequel to me <sighs> is that there was a contest from Nintendo Power yeah. that you could be in the mask sequel, and it makes you wonder did did they honor that? You know what I mean? Gonna, let me see. Because the same, listen, when you the same thing happened with Batman. I've told this story on here. I know that. Um, oh, oh, hang on. Do you know who? Um, can I tell you what, what the the result of that story? T- about tell, the, tell me. I'm uh, sorry. I just so uh, Carrie didn't join. Obviously, he's not in the sequel. Yeah, because the winner of the failed contest. Sorry. No, you good. Go keep going. The winner of the failed contest was given $5,000 and other prizes and was issued an apology in the final issue of Nintendo Power in 2012. $5,000 worth of prizes or $5,000? No, $5,000 plus prizes. Okay, that's not bad. That's I, I think that's fair compensation. That's not bad at all. Was it mask-related prizes or Nintendo-related prizes? If I had to guess, maybe Nintendo-related prizes. I hope the same thing happened for whoever won that OnStar Batman contest, because the same thing happened there with, um, uh, I think, the, the the Batman Triumphant or whatever, or one of those right. third, yeah. like when Schumacher was going to make another Batman movie or something. Um, but yeah. I'm like, they wouldn't have been in Batman Begins. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> I don't think the contest made... Any listen, they should have made like a little like note like a like thing at the end of the contest. Um, if franchise is rebooted, we will honor the the winner, and then they just go, "It's me," <laughs> in the movie, and that's it. <laughs> it. It's just like a like a random blip of some guy in front of an unused like green screen. It's me. It's me. And you know what? I'll give if for all the faults that Dominion has, at least they honored their contest and ate uh, the contest winner. Yeah, that was that sure. was cool at least, mm-hmm. um, but you know that that is pretty strange. Like when you sent me the 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 article, like the picture of the article about that with like the mask two and Jim Carrey, um, that immediately flooded back a lot of memories that I completely forgot. I was like, oh yeah, I totally mm-hmm. forgot about that. But then it, it's just funny because like in retrospect, it's funny because like at a point Jim Carrey didn't want to ever do sequels to anything outside of. Ace Ventura 2, which he did. But then I think after that, he just never wanted to do sequels. Because, like, even Batman Forever technically felt more like a reboot than a sequel. Yeah. Um, so that was probably his way of saying, oh, well, you know, it, it's not technical. It's a whole new thing. Um, <clears throat> but then, obviously, years later, he would do so many sequels. Kick-Ass 2. Kick-Ass 2. Sonic 2. Um, Dumb and Dumber 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you change. <laughs> L- listen, if somebody offers you a big pile of money to do this thing... Might as well. 
He's just like, especially if it's not hurting anybody, like, yeah, why not? Yeah. It's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I would have been curious to see the, the continuing adventures of Stanley Epkiss, but I would have, I mean, I would have liked maybe, uh, I, I do, I do kind of like the fact that the sequel is like a different character, but just the movie itself was yeah. bad. Yeah. The movie itself was not good. Cause again, like I like Stanley, but I feel like his character arc is done. Yeah. You know, it wraps, it wraps it up. And I think cause, and that's nice to see with, especially a comic adaptation cause we're in an age where characters are, are really Continue. not allowed to grow. Yeah. Think about Thor. I know I bring this up a lot, and I don't bring up, and I love Chris Hemsworth. And I love him as this <laughs> you brought it up. I I don't think you've you've only talked about it in this episode in recent memory. No, but. no, because no, I did I did bring up how Thor. It feels like his character arc gets rebooted, like yeah, no, in yeah, every did, movie, but basically, no. um, and I, I'm just glad. It's nice that when like okay, the the proper story is done, there's no need to go on again. There's no need to go on any further. We're good. Like, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine to just end it. You know? Like, if they ever do a mask movie again, it would be interesting to see how they would do it. I hope it wouldn't just be, like, a reboot or like of the movie. I'd hope maybe it's something completely different because I think that's one of the things, that's one of the luxuries you have with that IP, basically, um, is that anyone can wear the mask and you can have like a whole different narrative surrounding it really. Right. Um, it's, it's, uh, I think they brought the mask comic, uh, uh, comic back not long ago and the mask, the person that was wearing the mask, I think I didn't read it, but I think they were running for president or something. So it was like a political, like someone in a political, that could be kind of funny. <laughs> Um, you were telling me too about the comic, because uh, I wanted to touch on that, like how, di- in some ways, how different it is. Oh, it's very different. <laughs> like there, like I did send you some of the pages, and there's definitely moments from the from the initial comic that were used in the movie. Like there's the the scene when he makes uh, balloon animals for balloon. these biker mm-hmm. gang, um, and there's a scene where he. Uh, uh, like changes into like the zoot suit, which the zoot suit became more like the famous look for the mask after the movie. Whereas before it was more like kind of a colorful pattern sort of thing when he wore like a zoot suit. Um, but in the comic, um, Stanley Ipkiss is not so much of like a, like a hapless romantic, like nice guy. He's more of like an incel. <laughs> See, I was, I, even with the night, I was getting like incel vibes from Stanley, a little bit yeah watching the the movie because it's like because he has that article he wrote that like thing like nice guys finished last uh, yeah yeah i'm like oh yeah like like in the movie it helps that yeah yeah he does seem like a genuinely good person minus like yeah his like his own you know loneliness i guess but like in the in the comic mm-hmm. i think stanley comes off much more like an incel like he okay. he looks he even like you look at a picture of him online or something the character looks like like the kind of person you would think an incel would look like <laughs> and then oh, and then boy. and then like when he puts the mask on it's more like a revenge thing like it's like he's like yeah. like like the like it feels like i feel like the bit when he goes to attack the shitty uh car dudes the the like uh, mechanics 
Yeah. And he yeah. <laughs> he shoves uh, mufflers up their butts. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> that feels something like it was more from the comic. But obviously you don't see it. You you just you just hear them go, ah! And then you see the aftermath with them being wheeled out and then the mufflers shoved directly into their behinds. Um but they were they were kind of shitty, so but <laughs> you know. Um but like the comic is 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 significantly more violent, it's significantly more insane, like and it's a lot more graphic. Like there's moments where the mask will wear will like be in disguise and he'll be like dressed as like one of the villain characters in the comic and then he just starts ripping the flesh off and like it's me right like it's very chaotic it very much feels like a sort of late 80s early 90s sort of like because like comics in the 90s were dark as fuck because Mm. this is also this time period where um comics had really sort of stretched themselves away from the comics code because you know, not to go into the whole history of it, but like in the early days of comics, they didn't have the code. But then, at a certain point, the the Frederick Wortham book came out, and we're saying that uh, comics were ruining kids and turning them violent and gay and all types of things. And it was just a really awful, disgusting book that, sadly, I could see being made today as well. Um, yeah. But uh, it's called Seduction of the Innocent. Don't read. Um, but, uh, as time had gone on, like, Marvel started to break away by doing black and white comics and making characters like the Punisher, and then other comics started to follow suit, because it was kind of like the Hays Code situation with movies as well, like, having to think of creative ways to work around it, um, but eventually they were just like, fuck this, and they just started making really crazy stuff. Then the 80s came around, and they got, they started getting darker and more serious, like, Dark Knight Returns type shit, like the Frank Miller era of comics. Mm. And then in the, right. and then in the 90s, it went full. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I thought I saw something, but it's nothing. Right. <laughs> I just got really nervous. Yep. Did, you, did a mask fly into your man cave? Are you tempted to put it on? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, in the 90s, they got especially, like, almost dark for darkness sake. Like, 90s is like the era of Spawn, where we have a superhero yeah. whose main shtick is that he's a spawn of hell. And he he comes back and, like, fights crime, but, like, with the powers of hell. And so the mask kind of came from that era of, like, these intensely dark and insane comics. And, like, it would be kind of wild to see a more comic-accurate version of the mask, but I don't think anyone would like it. <laughs> necessarily i think it's possible you could potentially do a really good version of like the comic version of the mask but as as for what we've gotten with that first movie at least and even the animated series that followed it i think i think we have we're in a pretty good place with mask adaptations but i'd be curious to see how they would continue it but what was fun about the comic too is that's what they did with each uh new like iteration of the comic is that it would be a new person in the mask and then mm-hmm. like how that would affect things but no the comic was wild i remember reading I, I i got a cd for my desktop when i was a kid and it had like the digital version of the comic on it and i read it 
and I sh- like I I got the time I just I wasn't thinking of this obviously because I was like oh it's a mass comic I'm gonna look at it and look at the pictures and have fun time, um, but then I I look at it now and I'm like this is this is this is dark, <laughs> severely dark, but um, no it's 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 pretty wild I would like to see because I know they have like a compendium like collected edition of of the original mass comics I would like to get that sometime but uh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting how they sort of went about adapting it, especially with a horror director. Yeah. You know, but I, I would recommend checking the comic out just to, just so you can see how different it is in many respects. It also feels like a, a perfect ideal for PG 13 because mm-hmm. there are some moments that are harrowing or, or darker moments, but it also has a lot of goofy, you know, mm-hmm. goofier things. So. Yeah, but you, and you know what? What's up? It'd be kind of interesting because you say like each iteration of the comic, like there's a new person taking up. It'd be interesting if they, you had a TV show and each season was almost like a like a limited series. Like some okay, this is this person's time with the mask. That would be really cool. This is another another person, or you can just do it as like one, it's like each episode or whatever. But I mean, I think that'd be kind of fun. I mean, this is that era where like all all the comic book adaptations that are based on that kind of material is on TV. I feel like. Yeah, like movies. The movies are dedicated for the superheroes, like the big budget IP franchise characters from Marvel and DC. But then on TV, you can get like The Walking Dead. You can get Preacher. Um, you can get uh, uh, Happy, which uh, is a really insane comic. And the fact that they were able to do it proper on TV is wild to me. It just shows how much the landscape has changed. Um. But I think that would be pretty cool, actually. I'd be down for a TV adaptation of it, but you know, for for what we, but obviously, there's it's got that now that legacy of having to compete with the movie. So it'll be so yeah. it'll be it'd be interesting. Like I'm sure some people would be like, "This isn't the mask I know." I'm like, "Well, technically, the movie it wasn't the mask that most people probably know." <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when we talked about Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are always, I always hear people like say, I want a more like book accurate version. I want yeah. something more violent. But there's also a lot of people, again, who watch Jurassic Park as kids and they want to be able to show their kids Jurassic Park and they go, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> like, if I ever have kids, I'd like to show them the mask at some point just to be like, this is what I grew up with. And they'll be like, Dad, I understand you. <laughs> it, yeah it's like you know how there's like some people it takes a lifetime for them to understand no they understand you Im- immediately they get they get their dad immediately. <laughs> what did you know here what did you learn about me watching this movie how about that <laughs> well it, it's already confirmed like you're a a, a, a goofy guy yeah. like when when in the right circumstances you can be outrageous <laughs> yeah yeah, okay. You have a thing for blondes, because I'm just like, <laughs> hold up. I will say the blonde thing is has changed a little bit. Cause that was definitely a thing when I was younger. <laughs> I, I feel like my taste is is changed. <laughs> it's your palate's expanded. Yes. <laughs> I think so. Because because I'm like not I'm not even comparing people. I'm like, I was thinking about Margot Robbie as I was I was, I was watching this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie, Michelle Pfeiffer, Cameron Diaz. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a trend. There's a connection. There's a there's a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, in any case, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I'm glad I got to revisit this, re, you know, check this one out for the first time in ages. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I own it. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And uh, we're going to take, unless you had something else to say. Sorry. I, I'm just glad we finally got it on the show. Because I know we, we've yeah. talked about it all the time. Like, I'm surprised we haven't talked about the mask yet. You know, it's funny because like uh, somebody was asking me like, uh, uh, you know, you know, you haven't seen Bumblebee yet, like the Transformers, and I'm like, I'm waiting for it to get it on the show. I like to try to time these. Oh. <laughs> he just whacked his microphone. <laughs> I whacked my mic. Stop asking me. I'll get to it. <laughs> Bumblebee season. <laughs> We just do a special presentation on Bumblebee, like, there, we did it! You happy? <laughs> I mean, it's got Haley Steinfeld in it. That should be that should be a selling point for, to, to start. <laughs> Sold. Sold immediately. Alright, so we're going to take a quick intermission, and when we come back, when we come back... We're going to talk about uh, Sony's best comic book movie not named Into the spider for Stay tuned. Oh, that's a bold statement. Welcome back to Two Tooth One Double Feature. <laughs> think, of, think of having a panic attack. <laughs> you suck! <laughs> um, yeah, welcome back to the show, everyone. <laughs> In our last segment, um, we talked about The Mask, a uh, big Jim Carrey movie from the 90s. Um, now, obviously... I did want to get this that movie on the show for a while, but I had to think of a, a good movie to pair it with. And I was like, what's another movie where a great actor is has is great at being like crazy and silly and playing uh, two separate versions uh, of, of, a, of a strange character? What's, what's a movie like that? Well, there's a movie I know that came out not long ago that won Mr. Joe Dinny Dan is an immense, huge, massive fan of. And that just made perfect sense. <laughs> so that's why today we are talking about this second movie, which is what? Joe Dinny Dan. This is, <laughs> now, let me, I was a little hyperbolic at the end of the, uh, the, end of the first half. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> I think I was. Okay. But I, I, but I think I will say, as far as the recent Sony Spider-Man movies, other than the first Spider-Verse, this is probably my favorite, which will get some people very upset. <laughs> so, <laughs> who cares? And, and then and then, I, and then I will go, listen, listen. Whoever made this movie is the Pablo Picasso of movies. <laughs> they were clearly not having a panic attack. They were not. They were actually thinking about natural-born killers. Okay. <laughs> 
this this is the number one movie to watch in Pride Month. This is <laughs> Venom. Let there be carnage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So context for this. Yes. The first Venom made a gajillion dollars. It 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 did really well for itself. It was basically every like MCU fan's worst nightmare because <laughs> it showed that it doesn't. Okay, Venom is a special kind of movie where people, regular people like Venom. I was at a screening of this thing. People were hooting, hollering, <laughs> cheering at the first Venom. The lobster scene, iconic. The MCU wishes it had more lobster scenes. <laughs> it has no lobster scenes. It has zero lobster zero scenes. Zero zilch nada lobster scenes. But Venom, and Venom was a modestly budgeted, for a superhero movie at least, a modestly budgeted thing yeah. that went on to make over $800 million worldwide. Okay? And mm-hmm. this is a character for people like, oh no, you, should, you can't be without Spider-Man. No one's going to watch that. <laughs> people did. Guys, it made almost a billion fucking dollars. I don't think he needs Peter fucking Parker, guys. <laughs> I like how angsty this is getting. <laughs> I want Peter Parker! <laughs> Listen, we have friends who are Spider-Man fans and we love them. I just want to point that out. I just want to say, I, this is, we love this you guys is, so much. This is mostly in jail. <laughs> I think mostly stretching it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) But continue. So, it made a lot of money. So, and it teased a sequel. So what do you do? You make another one. You make another one. They made another one. (laughs) And, uh... The the second one was made by Andy Serkis, Two Dudes Hall of Famer. Love Andy Andy Serkis. Who does make movies. Um, He had previously, and actually this makes me think of Venom also, because when I first saw Venom, I saw it in New York um, in one of the the AMCs there. It wasn't Lincoln Square. It was the, um, I'll I'll put the name of it in in the thing. But it's the other big AMC. And... I is it the one that we went seeing... to for Christopher Robin? I think it was. Yes. Okay, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I was just curious. No, no, no. But it's 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 all good, all good. But it, it, this theater, which was a cool theater, but it, this theater had a poster for Andy Serkis's Mowgli, which That's right. That's... you might remember mm-hmm. as a movie that was supposed to go to theaters. It did not, and at the time, it was the largest. It was the biggest acquisition Netflix had made. For, for like money wise for a single like new movie mm-hmm. um and, but they still had the poster there <laughs> in in new york <laughs> they, they had um, we had one at my work too yeah, yeah. I, I believe it and i remember when i joined the amc a list we're not sponsored but when i joined a list that one of the movies first movies they advertised on there was mowgli and you know but anyway so andy circus directed uh, Venom, let there be carnage, and I think you know you're the you established the rules in the first one. You made the boring or the bore slightly boring, I should say, because any movie that has a lobster scene isn't entirely <laughs> boring. Okay, <laughs> but you're able to have more fun in this movie. Yeah, at yeah. the very least, and, you can have uh, more fun. I saw this twice in theaters. <laughs> I was dying. I, I in the best. I had the best possible time. 
because you know we were just like yeah let's, let's see this whatever fine you know it wasn't getting the best reviews necessarily mm-hmm. it was uh, it was but... getting stronger reviews than the first one though i will say that from what i'd okay. seen yeah but all right okay that not that again not that that matters because people still went to see both movies <laughs> people this month made over 500 million dollars not that that matters but it matters for people who are like you need to have these stories in a specific way. And I'm like, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Tom Hardy is fighting with himself. His his alien self is making a bunch of, like, a weird concoction of eggs, waffles. Singing. Uh, s- singing chocolate. Chickens are sunny and share. Like, who cares? Who cares? Really? <laughs> We're having a good time. We're having a blast. <laughs> But this movie, like, the ba- the ba- very basic gist of it is, like, Eddie Brock is, like, a journalist of some kind, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's a journalist. <laughs> he's a journalist. So, to the point where it is it is TV news when, he, when they say, Eddie is back on top. Woo! <laughs> but there's a thing. He is basically the one uh, journalist that's given access to... Um, uh, to Cletus, uh, Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy, Woody Harrelson's Played character. Woody Harrelson's character, serial killer. Okay. Uh, but we also find out Cletus Cassidy has a bit of a backstory. Yeah. Because he's got a lady friend. Uh, is this this is a fr- another Francis? <laughs> another Francis. Shriek. Shriek is her like her like superhero name, I guess. Uh, played by um, Naomi Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a uh, future two dudes Hall of Famer. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm amazed we didn't do it the first time. Listen, but... listen she's returning on the show. Uh, she's been on the show a couple of times now with Pirates and Rampage, but um, she she deserves more entries on our show without a doubt. She's fantastic. And if correct, I, I delete. Oh, and uh, and it's, no wait, she's not in Casino Royale. She's in that's the later was, Bond no, movies. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was trying to. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, I, I we were on anyway. the same wavelength, but it just came out differently. Yeah, we were. We, we just we know. drift compatible. Drift compatible. Uh, or one of us is a is a symbiote. Symbiot. Yes, symbiote. Uh, but basically, you know, there's a whole thing, and through one way or another, he gets he gets uh, a taste of Eddie Brock's blood, and he notices it's wiggly. This isn't it? It's wiggly and it don't taste right, and he still so eats it. That, and and it, he emerges with the the symbi- symbiote, 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 Sim- symbiote, symbiote. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the carnage, um, and whew, and he goes basically on a rampage because they were going to do the death. They were going to kill him for his crimes. Uh, but he escapes, and that in a pretty for a PG thirteen like movie, pretty harrowing like you know mm-hmm. disturbing for PG thirteen movie today like by today's standards like that's the thing I, I I somewhat appreciate about the Venom movies is that while I I think a lot of comic book movies are better on average, I think one thing that was missing from a lot of the ones that are made today is that there's like an edge that like those 2000s comic book had movies had where it's like if you're like a kid you might be scared like i remember mm-hmm. watching spider-man being scared like because there's some like horrific sequences in that ah! you know, 
I just think, uh, I just think obviously that in, like, growl moment I, I from Spider Man. I think about X two, which again Brian Brian Singer sucks. Yeah, Brian Singer sucks. That's, but that's a movie that I was. I think that's why I kind of liked it as a kid. Was like it was. It felt like I shouldn't be watching this movie. I was like, nine yeah, years old yeah. That's a good point. It. That's kind of what I feel like with the mask a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and I think I think Venom is kind of in that same wavelength, and I think that's why it has such an appeal because it's not like the MCU. When you watch like the MCU. Nothing against Tom Holland. He's great as Spider Man, but a lot of those movies. Yippee! It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Until like No Way Home, where it's it's you know oh, they have to they have to have something consequential happen when you guys they, something's got to happen you know something's got to happen. But it's also I will say just as a side note, it is worth noting that it's it's appropriate too to have that edge for Venom because he is one of those like similar to the mass like those '90s characters. He's a Venom like almost as a poster child yeah. of that era. Yeah. Like because. I remember when I was a kid, like, we played Marvel DC Versus System, the trading card game, yeah. right? Everybody had the Spider-Man deck. Everybody had, uh, which meant they had the Sinister Six, like, Sinister Syndicate, like, there was, like, two decks, and they would have the villain deck, and everybody had Venom, and Venom was, like, everybody's favorite. Oh, and yeah. was like, oh, my God, Venom! You know, because it's, like, it's, it's Spider-Man, but, like, bigger, musclier, and he's got, like, he's, like, a monster. Yeah. You know? Uh, so he always has like sort of an appeal. So like this movie making a lot of money also makes me think of Todd Phillips Joker, where there are people who are like, how can this movie, how can this movie be successful without the main character? Without Joker went on to make, without Batman, Joker went on to make a billion dollars, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So I think, I think depending on the character and the approach, you can have a villain solo movie. You can. And the quality, you could argue the quality, and that's fine. But people enjoy these movies, is all I'm trying to say. No, that's fair. Um, uh, and that's not an argument here. It's just, listen, like, I think people are like, oh, we got to hold it to these. It's like, no, there's more than one way to do these things. And I think that's, that's again, I can appreciate that they're trying to do something a little different. That's, that's, why, that's why I like the Batman movies, because each one feels different. Yeah. Yeah. But... At a certain point, like, Venom and Eddie Brock are fed up with each other. Because Venom wants to eat brains. Uh, Eddie does not want to do that. He doesn't want to kill people. Period. No. <laughs> and, and and Venom's like, I need brains, Eddie! <laughs> I love when he's just like, oh, what about them? They, they, they have brains. They have <laughs> the, the, uh, sunny, the chickens. I would disagree! <laughs> And it, it leads to a lot of just like the hijinks, and then they split up. It's it's a, it's a very very sad breakup. It's a sad breakup, but then we get um we get Venom at like a rave. <laughs> it looks <laughs> and and Venom's becoming one with his true self. Yes, he's 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 having a moment, and I remember like people talking about that scene. Like I have a friend; they went and saw the movie, and they're like, "This movie's gay." I love it. <laughs> And so that made me like just to hear that that this movie had that kind of feel to it. I was like, I definitely want to see it. I, like, I, it yeah. got it got me excited. And so that scene comes up, and it's it's so fun, and everyone's like, "Great costume! I love it." He's like, <laughs> "I feel welcomed. <laughs> I made it myself. <laughs> I made it myself. No, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I am out 
Or like the one, like I like the bit when the when the one um when the one care when the one person like goes up to him, it's like, "Hi, like how you doing?" It's like, "Oh, you're you're, you're not my type." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you, one person. Yep, that's that classic line. For the for the kind of movie that it is, I feel like the characters get generally, for, I'd say for the most part, generally a lot of time. Like you, I don't feel too shortchanged. Um, maybe Carnage, like the the symbiote Carnage, maybe we could have had a little bit more development on that as a character. But I think with uh, Cassidy, we know what his deal is. Shriek, uh, Shriek is you know we know Michelle Williams returns and is having just as much fun as anybody. Like Michelle Williams flirting with Venom is hot. <laughs> it just is. Why are you Why are you apologizing for that? <laughs> Come on. Do you I think I disagree? <laughs> And She's blonde. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, Dan is a nice guy. Dan is listen. Justice for Dan. <laughs> just say just, hashtag justice just, for Dan. Yes, dude. When he when he's like pouring the like the like the the gas, gas and the, the flaming <laughs> gas. <laughs> he's like fire and sound, but you know without the sound. But I also love when he's like, you said there wouldn't be any aliens. <laughs> Anything else you want to pathologically lie about? <laughs> <laughs> you suck, Dan! <laughs> I, I, but one of my favorite things is just like, she's like, oh, I'm not, like when she has like the Venom, like symbiote, and she's like, oh, I'm never doing that again. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I mean, that was kind of <laughs> fun. That was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's, I, I and I think like, I, I think what helps is that like, you know, Cletus, he has, there's like, okay, he wants to be with his, with, with Shriek, you know, he wants to be with Francis, lady friend, right? Yeah. So it's a slightly sympathetic angle, but at the same time, he's a serial killer. So he's truly, he's a villain. The capital V like, in this movie. Like, he's just killing people nonsensically in the movie. Like, there's a point, he steals a car, and then uh, as he's driving and he's talking to Carnage, Carnage takes a truck and just throws it. For no reason. Like, it's not even yeah. the truck's in the way. It's just there's a truck there, and he's like, ooh, let's kill this guy. Or, like, he goes yes. to the convenience store just to use the guy's laptop, but he has to beat the shit out of him and kill him. Like, <laughs> like you're like, yeah, yeah, he's bad. He's evil. Um, I'm just looking at... Uh, Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham. Patrick Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was was interesting. Because like that character gets a backstory where like you know he's the he's, cop he has, that got he's his his hearing damaged yeah. from Shriek, and also they hint at was it because he's toxin I guess there's another um, another you know listen right yeah. I, I just watch these movies for the goofiness I just <laughs> well, put see, whatever well see that's like like when I watched the first movie and like hey, I saw that people were like really into it it made me curious about it a, li- a little bit at least because. I feel like, because, like, that came out, I think that first Venom came out at a time when a lot of villain, especially from Disney, like, a lot of villain characters were getting, like, Maleficent got her own movie, but, of course, there's that question of, can you make, like, like how can we make this villain character get a movie without them being somewhat sympathetic or changing the nature of the character to be more heroic? So, like, in Maleficent, she's not the evil queen you know, like one of the most evil characters of Disney animation. No, she's, um, you know, sympathetic character who was wronged by the, you know, in a really sort of upsetting way 
in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, she was wronged by the king, and so her crusade is meant on revenge. Um, and then uh, Dracula, uh, Dracula Untold, was was played off very much like like he's again he's a villain, but he was played like like a like an antihero. Like that was sort of the angle. Like let's change it so we can make him an antihero. And I got a little bit tired of it because I was like, I wanted to see like a Breaking Bad situation where we see like someone turn evil. And I kind of got that with Joker. I mean, I no, I very much got that with Joker. But um, at the same time, like Arthur Fleck was just off-putting to start <laughs> with that one. Yeah. Um, but I think what makes Venom's that first Venom and this one stand out is just that Tom Hardy's just so fun in both roles. He is. Like, like, yeah. like Tom Hardy is what makes both venom one and two worth watching in my opinion like the first venom movie it's definitely it's like boring boring origin story um but i love his chemistry with michelle williams i love michelle williams in the first movie as well um she has a lot of fun i like when she like turns into venom in that one and and has like that moment like i don't know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) um so she's having a good time but she like accepts it too i like that she's just like it's just another thing dan we've seen this (laughs) Um, and they knew, like, you know, because there's also hints of, like, you know, the relationship being more than friends with Venom and, and Eddie in that first movie, which was a lot of fun. And, and Andy Serkis and everyone was just like, let's just do that, because that's what was great about the first movie. It's this, yes. like, like odd couple with maybe a hint of, like, maybe they're a little bit more than that, uh, than just, like, friends. Um, and so it's just a really fun time. It, like, it just makes it fun to watch Tom Hardy be weird. Like, I think that's why I, I, I give him a pass on, like, Bane. Like, I know he's supposed to be serious, but I like that he's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, um, like, Max, obviously, Rakitansky. Uh, like, he's very crazy in that one. Yes. Um, I think that's something you and I agree on, because you said this when we were watching the movie, that, like, Tom Hardy being weird is probably more entertaining than, like, serious Tom Hardy. <laughs> Like I like comedic the comed the comedy in Venom like is so like it, it, ugh, it's so good like, like he he just takes the material and just runs he's just so good I love at the end where they're on the beach and Venom is just like they say when you love someone you accept them for their flaws <laughs> say you love me <laughs> did, did you just say you love me <laughs> if, you know we got to be a good lethal protector you meant it. <laughs> yes, Eddie. Venom get Venom gets an F bomb. He does. Fuck this guy, dude. And then that church sequence. Uh, the, the, in the oh movie. yeah, that's like there's some parts where it gets a little like whoa, but like there's a I think there's a lot of visually like strike like when he when Carnage in front of the stained glass window. Yeah, that's so like, good. I, I I love what he's just like. Let there be carnage, and it's like a video game, like when a character gets introduced, lightning in the background. (laughs) I think. Listen, I think this movie, this movie had the added benefit of having Andy Serkis, who's obviously studied in the world of CGI, and like because he's played so many of those characters in stop motion and whatnot. But also the added benefit of having fucking Robert Richardson as the DP. Like Jesus, like if you look at his his resume. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, he's worked with Scorsese, Tarantino. He yeah. like he did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Kill Bill. 
I mean, like, it's, the, the list is endless of all these great movies. And then he has Venom, Let There Be Carnage, because, like, he's good friends with Andy Serkis. And Andy's like, you want to you wanna shoot this one? And he's like, yeah, why not? Yeah. And that's, and, like, it makes the movie excel. Because, like, I feel like the one thing that the first movie sort of lacked is, like, that little bit of style, you know? Yeah. Um, But this one, it's, like, dripping, you know? Like, cause that's, that's always something I complain, like I, just my internal nitpicky complain about a lot of comic book movies is like, I want to see the artist represented as much as the, the story because yeah. I feel like, cause obviously it's hard enough when you're doing live action cause you can't really represent the artist necess- like in the costumes you can and so, certain things, but I want to see the lighting and the colorist, uh, mm-hmm. th- the, through the lighting. I want to see the colorist represented. I want to see, um, through the CGI or through the the you know through the the way you make the characters look, I want to see the artist represented, and because I feel like because it's because I just want I just like to see that more often, and so it's nice when you when you look at this movie and it looks like a comic book, and it looks like you know that's why I think I, I I get excited when I see like like in Thor Ragnarok, we it looks like a splash page at certain times, mm-hmm. and you just get yeah, excited yeah, yeah. about it. Um, uh, but no, like this movie, it looks like the, just the, the cinematography is insane. Um, I love that. I love the way the characters look, the, the CGI is actually pretty great in the majority of the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, like it, it's, it helps that you have like people who are, who are veterans of like these particular fields and it helps bring the image to life. And so like, you can have something that's just like that moment where he says, let there be carnage. And it's just this like big operatic, dramatic, insane, exciting moment that it just, it, it all. Yeah. Yeah. No, you go ahead. No, it, it, it also just helps too, that they're not creating like a world ending, like sequence. No, you know, and again, like I enjoy a lot of that, like a little guardians, of the galaxy and stuff, but it's like, it helps that, they take pl- the end climax takes place at a cathedral, yeah. you know, just like Batman. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, it's that's my job on this show is to bring Batman up. <laughs> as often. Hey guys, do you know who? Hey guys, do you remember? You, this might be a stretch. Do you remember Batman? No, who's that? <laughs> Some guy. <laughs> <laughs> is he an actual bat? What's going on with that? I need answers. He's bat man. <laughs> Uh, but I also just, it also is amusing that they, they have like, oh yeah, it's like, um, uh, Eddie and Venom are, are like, uh, Don Quixote and Sancho. <laughs> Sancho Pancho. <laughs> and, and he's just, and he's just like, it quotes, uh, the, the, sh- and it's also in the, um, uh, Man of La Mancha, facts are en- the enemy of truth. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means that we, I like, it does have that, like, like, you know, jokey like let's interrupt the big like dramatic yeah like like the lesson yeah we are fugitives fugitives yeah i was that's what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) also i love mrs chen i want to bring that up mrs chen is so great mrs chen is is also a hero (laughs) like i love i love that too like it's like this is the like we brought her back. <laughs> we brought she Mrs. Chen back. back. We, she gets uh, two really fun scenes. She gets to be Venom at one point. And the mm-hmm. scene when Michelle, and Michelle Williams is hitting on Venom. And... That's so good. <laughs> you shut up, Dan! 
<laughs> oh man um I, I, I just certain line deliveries I, I just love I know I alluded to earlier like it's like I'm Pablo Picasso <laughs> <laughs> oh my god or or like uh just like he is a little outburst you suck <laughs> you suck what I'm sorry I'm just, I feel like I'm having a panic attack <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> or like he just wants to eat all the prisoners like we don't know if they're all guilty they're in prison <laughs> um or like just anytime like like i think tom hardy's just one of those people that just his best scene partner is himself <laughs> i mean yeah. that's such a strange like i think tom hardy has great chemistry with a lot of different actors and he's he's great in a lot of movies but there's something special or whatever he acts against himself. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's it's just fun. Like cuz there's got like the, the timing has to be great. You know, I can only imagine what it was like to film like the fight scene in his apartment. Yeah. And just how probably strange that might have felt at one point, but you're just but you're probably just having fun just hearing Tom Hardy yell at himself. <laughs> Talk about an internal conflict turned very external. Yes, for sure. Um, I like. I think for me with this particular movie, um, like I, I, cause I, I had some interest in seeing it because I, I had a good time with the first Venom with all its flaws, and so I was curious to see. And I was curious to see Andy Serkis because, like, I mean, I know neither of us were really huge fans of Mowgli, and I know you got like a big, you're a big Jungle Book guy with the Disney movie. Um, the original and the newer one that Favreau did, we, we like that one. I also like the. Like the Sabu one mm. from the forties, yeah, um, yeah, and so like seeing the seeing Andy Serkis's take on Jungle Book, it was yeah, it was it has its things, but it's not like great. But it's still, I was still, I always get excited to see what an actor can do as a director, yeah, um, especially because like as an actor, like especially if you have that interest and that drive to want to be a director, um. Like you, you've studied under, especially if you've worked with some of the best, and you've studied under some of the best, so you can like learn to take things and stuff. Like, so like, like seeing like someone like Ben Affleck take on the a director's job and like winning a Best Picture Oscar for it, it was kind of exciting. Um, yeah. Or like, I was, uh, you know, I was, I'm still kind of excited to see Michael B. Jordan's Creed movie, even though it's got that other element to it that that's yeah. upsetting, but. I still want to see. I still want to see because I've heard it's pretty solid, as far as especially from you know his directing. Um, so I was excited to see Andy Serkis tackle this genre because I thought he would do a really good job with it. Um, mm. And uh, then then you saw it and you were like, "I think I love this movie." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> like you were like this this might be one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> In 2021, there's a lot of mo- like movies I liked, and a lot of bi- there are a lot of big movies I liked. But that one, um, like I said, it, it just really surprised me because mm-hmm. the first one I just didn't care for outside of like Tom Hardy, yeah, same, um, and, like the, lob- the lobster scene. Um, but it was, I was like, yes, this is this is what I come here, and I hope the third one <laughs> lives lives up to this legacy. You know, <laughs> it, it, like all of these all of these elements. Like hearing, uh, you know, people talk about it. Hearing Joey talk about it. Wanting to see Tom Hardy be ridiculous again. It made me excited to want to watch it. 
and then I watched it, and I did have a good like. It, it had a lot of stuff that I, I I sort of miss from a lot of comic book movies. I think my only really complaint is I feel like so much happens in a short span of time. Yes, like the whole like first ten minutes of the movie, I feel like they took like a thirty minute chunk and then crammed it into ten. Right, and that that sort of like throws me off a little bit because I because it just it kind of it just feels so like fast paced like. I feel like I missed something. It's one of those movies that if I if I stop paying attention to it for two seconds, I feel like I missed something. But that's why, like, I feel like with Carnage, like everybody else's everybody else's motivation, like make like makes sense and it tracks. Then Carnage is like, we got to kill Venom. Like that's it. <laughs> and he calls him father or whatever. Like okay, but like maybe like give us a give us a beat. Give us give, like something. Give that... us a moment. Though that's the other thing I do love about this movie, it's ninety-seven minutes. Yeah, like it is, <laughs> like like that's a that's a big that's a big bonus for sure. But it's, it's like because like no, yeah, you go ahead. Because I I am tired of like the two hour twelve. Like, <laughs> it's just like there is maybe one too many things. Like you know maybe this is a little this one's a little sloppy, but I'm like at least I can like. It, it works well enough for me and I'm having so much of a good time yeah. that I'm able to like somewhat look past that. It should also be noted too. speak. We talk, I've been dogging on Spider-Man. <laughs> the, af, the uh, like a little after credits uh, bit, mid credits bit. Mm. Oh, did you want me to talk about? <laughs> oh, only, I, 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 did, uh, I was, I was, oh. I thought you had something to say. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Um, I'll, you know, I'll say something anyways. I don't care. <laughs> you were in the middle of the road, Richard! You know, see, you parked the car and you told me to start driving and you didn't hand me the keys, okay? <laughs> There's a difference. Um, <laughs> um, but no, there is an after credits bit that, um, you know, Venom gets transferred to the MCU and he sees Tom Holland and he licks the screen, um, which... That was like a big moment, and everyone was like, "What? That like, the, like I remember seeing that going. Wait, is Venom gonna be in No Way Home? Like, that's gonna be kind of cool. And he is in No Way Home in an after credit scene, <laughs> and then he's gone. But it leaves a, a little chunk of of symbiote slime. So maybe that means mm-hmm. we'll see Black Suit Spider Man in a, another. I don't know. Maybe another Spider Man movie if Tom Holland wants to do another one. But I know that he's talked about. That like yeah. there's ideas. Obviously, at this at this point, the writer strike is still going on. Yes. So there's no work going on on it. But you know, um, or at least there, <laughs> I, at I least do, there shouldn't be. Yeah, because uh, honestly, because everyone was like, "Woo, Toby, woo, Andrew." I'm like, that, "That's great." Where's, but if Tom Hardy's veteran where's Tom Hardy? showed up, <laughs> where is he? <laughs> He's in the end credits <laughs> having a drink. Come on, it's. Which it, it, it you know what that, that's fine. It, it's kind of funny, and it is just kind of funny for a moment. He was in the MCU. <laughs> I wonder if it was like Tom Hardy going, like someone's like, "What, what if you were in Spider-Man: No Way Home?" Eh, <laughs> would you want to be in it? Not much, really. <laughs> I love that they're like catching him up, like all like the Avengers, <laughs> and then it, then he just zips back to to his to his universe, and it's like it's all for naught. So <laughs> I wonder if it's gonna just like be brought up in the third movie, like remember when we went to that other university? <laughs> but I, I think this is the one thing with the the multiverse that's kind of interesting is that it feels like everything can be canon. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. So like people like. 
because I remember with Morbius, people were like, there is like Michael Keaton was in Morbius, and there is a you know the Spider Man's um reference in one of the scenes. No, yeah. so it's like it's one of those things where it, it's like in the back of everyone's mind, like okay, not that things will happen, but there's a possibility. Because also, also too, like, like Spider Verse, the new Spider Verse feels like it could be, like they could, like could make it like an MC, like part, of, like sort of tangentially, like MCU adjacent, right? I guess. Okay. Like that's, I mean, it feels like that's obviously the big thing for, like the multi, like the the multiverse thing is the next big thing. Yes. Yeah. So we gotta connect everything. Um. Uh. So like. I feel like the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man stuff is sort of the bridge for the Sony Marvel stuff to connect to the MCU. So, I mean, like, because there was a thing at the end of the first Venom that was a, a tease for Spider-Verse. There was that little, there was like a little scene from Spider-Verse at the end of that. And so I, I'm assuming Sony's like, okay, so we got to have Morbius and then we're going to connect that with Venom. Then we're going to connect that with Spider-Verse. We're going to connect that with the, the MCU Spider-Man movie since we're still technically kind of in charge of that in certain respect um and then that'll lean into the mcu so then we can have avengers characters we can have all this stuff and so and it's and it is kind of cool it's like well what if you know this character from this previous movie like i thought you know how cool it would be if like nicholas cage's uh uh ghost rider just randomly shows up because like listen nicholas cage is just fun and even if his even if those movies aren't great I mean, I haven't seen the second one, the first one, I haven't seen in a long time, but, like, that would be kind of fun. Just, like, oh, here he is. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, Ben Affleck randomly shows up as Daredevil or something. Just, like, like I'm done as Batman, but you know what? Maybe maybe a Daredevil I'll squeeze in there. Squeeze it in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's just kind It's kind of amusing. It also, it could potentially just be, like, oh, God, we're just going to rehash everything, like, I was having a conversation with Gifford about this. We can't put away our old toys. Nope. Uh, uh, so like, oh, Tarkin's back. Is it's it's so ghastly. Uh, uh, Egon. You know, Egon. Um, and then even actors are alive. We just uh, Michael Keaton's back as Batman, guys. There he is. So there's there's we everybody's coming Indiana back. Jones. Indiana Jones. It was funny. I actually was talking to one of my coworkers yesterday, uh, <laughs> and. And I was like, I don't think we're going to be really busy until the Indiana Jones movie comes out. And she's like, there's another one? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's coming out pretty soon here. Yeah, it's only tracking to open like 60 to $70 million. This is a crowded summer season. Yeah. Between, I mean, we got we just got Spider-Verse. We got Transformers. Uh, we got Elemental and The Flash uh, this week as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um Trying to what's the ne- I mean, Little Mermaid already came out, mm-hmm. so and Guardians obviously was at May because it's you know MCU movie, um, and of course Indiana Jones. So it's and like Mission Impossible, Barbie, Oppenheimer. It's, gonna, it's just you know yeah. it feels like a normal summer season, but like the difference is I think people in a post you know movie theaters reopening are much more selective about what they're going to see. Mm-hmm. There's still like uh, also, even even today like there's still people coming in saying I haven't been to the movies in like three years. Yeah. So like they're still trying to get people back and like they actually just closed down um, my childhood movie theater. Oh, I remember you were telling me about mm-hmm. this. 
I used to go there all the time. I think I stopped going there in like the early 2010s because I think the last movie I saw there was First Avenger, Captain America. Um, Because like they were still using film and they hadn't switched to digital and they weren't Mm -hmm. taking, and it's like, which is cool. I like, I like, you know, seeing film, but they weren't taking care of their prints. Yeah. And so like, uh, I I've had I had at least three or four experiences at that theater towards the end before I stopped going when the film would break and I feel like I had so many like guest passes like okay come on back sorry about this sorry, I'm back sorry about this right and then they switched to digital but I I had already gone started going to the other movie theater that I work at now um, but I I still have the memories like I went there um, with my grandma all the time. Um, she and I would go see movies and then go to like, there's like a Friday's right around the corner next to it. And we would watch movies yeah. all the time. Um, we saw all the pirates movies together, except for the first one. Um, cause it was kind of an after, after that situation. Yeah. Um, we saw Superman returns, which, you know, in retrospect, you, <laughs> but, uh, right. but we, um, we have a lot of good memories with it. I remember seeing the Dark Knight, and I I uh, I painted my face like like the Joker, <laughs> and uh, the film broke. <laughs> I've, I've I've told this story, um, but uh, no, I had a lot of good memories with that theater. But you know, I mean, it was a Regal, and you know, uh, was it Cineworld, the parent company, went yeah. bankrupt, and so a lot of Regal locations and other you know, locations that are owned by that company are closing down. And so, um, they just officially, cause it, plus it wasn't really getting any business. Cause like anytime you drove past it, cause it's like right along the highway, anytime you drove past it, it just looked like the parking lot was empty. Right. And so it is kind of, it is kind of bittersweet cause I do have a lot of good memories with it. Um, even if like in my adult years, I started going to a different movie theater, but when I was a kid, I went there all the time. That was the movie theater to go to if I wanted to watch a movie. And so it is sort of surreal to see that it's officially closed. But, you know, I mean, I imagine they would have been able to stay open had we not been in a global health crisis, potentially. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, now they're still they're still trying to get as many people as possible into those theaters. So they're like, we need to make variety yeah. and, you know, try to release as many different options as possible, maybe. And so... Thankfully, I don't think my work has anything to worry about because we're still we're we're always busy. We're always packed. You know, we're still getting a lot of people coming in. I mean, some days are like the like Transformers right now. Like I mentioned earlier, isn't doing like the best, but it's like normal busy, which is kind of nice. So it's still making money, but um, you know, I do. I've said it before. I do like that we have more options now. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, So again. Both of these movies um, are just fun, like, roles for, like, a, a, a great actor to have, like, a dual role. Mm-hmm. You know, so The Mask, obviously, Jim Carrey, Venom Left the Break Carnage with um, with Tom Hardy. And I think visu- they're, they're visually a lot of fun in different ways. And I think they capture the look of, of comics pretty well. I think they, they pay respect to that medium fairly well through the cinematography and the directors that, that are attached to those projects and you know even just like even though like venom came out like a couple years ago like 
it's nice that it it, it, it kind of feels like like if if the mask was made today, it feels like Venom. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Yeah, and so I think I think that 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 thought gives that movie a win for me. <laughs> Outside of just yes. it being fun <laughs> and Tom Hardy being yes. wild, they're both fun, and we both definitely recommend them, folks. What is your favorite like oddball comic book or superhero film? What what are what are some of your favorite like '90s creations? Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. you know, throwing that one out there. Ooh. Were you born in the '90s? <laughs> I was. Joey was. Did you buy a bunch of copies of the Death of Superman thinking they'd be worth something? <laughs> That's very specific, but we're curious. I'm sure there's a listen. <laughs> I feel like every other comic book shop I go to, it's like, hey, we have a, we have a couple copies of this. We have a copy of this. Like, buy it. Do you want it? No. <laughs> and DC just reprinted that storyline in a hardcover too. So, so if anyone wants it, it's like here's a newer version with the whole story <gasps> maybe i'll get that i can read it <laughs> instead of just Whoa. leaving it on the wall <laughs> uh anyway that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes one double feature check us out next time have a good night Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Gerard Butler's hand behind James Dean. <laughs>